St Etienne Stadium watching Croatia play Czech Republic. Croatia dominating right now, but Czech looking lively. Okay, all right. Who do you think is going to win this one? It, it should be inevitable that Croatia win this one. Uh, what are you making of the Croatian crowd? Croatian crowd um, are quite uh, drunk. Yes, that's uh, true. <laughs> quite, but, uh, quite red-faced, quite a few of them. Yep, but, the sun has uh, been shining. It's They've a, been drinking. They have, but it's it, the wonderful sea of red and white that you'd expect from the Croatians is fantastic. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, big guys as well, kind of like their centre backs. The All of them. Guys. Yeah, there's a lot of shaved heads around. A lot of there? shaved heads, a lot of chunky blokes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. We're just about to watch Thomas Ritchie take a, a corner for. Uh, oh, oh, too deep. Ooh. It's too deep. It's too yeah, deep. It's gone long. It's too it's gone deep. Long. JB, what do you make of your Euros experience so far? Absolutely. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Freaking amazing. You can swear. That's, I didn't, You're going to have to swear. swear. That's, a, that's a family show. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, fair enough. enough. Absolutely freaking amazing. I wish everyone could see what we can see here today. Okay, so what, what, what's going on in this game so far? Who's got your eye? Uh, to be honest, it's been pretty even. I expect a lot of domination from Croatia. It hasn't happened They've yet. dominated the ball. Um, the main thing that's caught my eye so far is the referees. Amazing. Amazing turn. Oh, Plattenberg, who, who is the referee? Plattenberg has spent a lot of time out here oh. not refereeing and on top of the sunbed. He's on a jolly. He is indeed. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, what's going to happen in the rest of the game, John? What, what, what do we think is going to happen? Well, I think we're going to see uh, Tom Strzycki try and take it on for Croatia almost on his own, it looks like. He's going to do the wiggling, uh, winding runs. Yeah, but inevitably, it looks like. The main men for Croatia right now seem to be Modric controlling things from deeper than you'd expect, and uh, Mandzukic always looking a threat up front. Yeah, okay, all right, well, we'll check in a bit later. Okay, but first, before we go, I want to say this stadium is amazing. Okay. It, it reminds you of, um, of UK Stadium's past. So this is, we're in the San Etienne Stadium, a small club but with a rich history. Absolutely, and it's, a, it's the classic four-tier stadium. You love it. The noise is resonating. The fans, both sets of fans, pumping just like they were in Portugal, Iceland. It's a great time to be If you had to compare this to an English stadium, so where the, the, the listeners get a frame of reference, what are we talking about? Uh, it reminds me a lot of the den, actually, at Millwall. Okay, um, all right, okay. But, um, Intense and angry. <laughs> Intense, definitely. Okay. Uh, less anger. Racism seems non-existent, so uh, more... Well, we, ha- we hope to see a bit more of that a bit later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, nice. So, it's half-time here in San Etienne. Croatia have just taken the lead against what looks to be quite a limited Czech Republic side. Quite a nice little turn and run and uh, finish in the corner from Ivan Perisic past Petr Cech. Uh, first of all, how are you enjoying the match so far? John? Uh, do you know what? I'm really enjoying it. I think um, the passion from the Croatian fans is, is really driving it. The quality in the Croatian side is there for all to see with probably one notable exception, the, de- the defender Vida. Vida. We're not, we're not, he's not living La Vida Loca, is he? He's not. He's not living La Vida anything other than La Vida Ponytail. So really. w- would you say, is he your sort of nemesis of the match? Is he your baddie of the match so far? Um, I think he's a, he's a weak link. I, I want to I find a more credible, like a more mean baddie. Oh, brilliant. We've just had the Croatian substitutes are out warming up at half time. They're knocking the ball around and they've just done the classic thing where they turn the sprinklers on and one of them hit this guy like literally straight. He's just been absolutely soaked by the sprinkler. I love that kind of thing. I love it. I love it. 
All right, what, what do you make of things so far, JB? How are you seeing this game going? Um, I think if I was a Czech fan, I'd be feeling quite let down at the moment. The star man has been by far Peter Czech, and he's had a lot to do so far. He has. He, he flapped at one cross, but he's made a couple of decent saves. Yes. One, one down low that was quite good. Croatia have had, what, five or six decent scoring chances? They put one away. Can't remember anything from Czech Republic. That's right, and uh, there was one stage in the match when I was actually predicting a nil-nil, such was... Uh, the ability of me to check, but um, I think it's all one way now. And I, I actually, it's going to look closer to three or four the way they're playing. And, and what do you make of the city of Saint Etienne and this lovely stadium that we're in? Well, it's been a lovely day, hasn't it, really, in, in Saint Etienne? Blazing sunshine. Blazing sunshine and blue skies, and, um, and great fans. I mean, you know, a lot of people back home will be talking about the violence and the, and the, and the trouble we've seen in the newspapers. There's been nothing like that here. So it's been a sense of camaraderie. Um, the walk to the stadium has just had big smiling faces lots of happy families fantastic experience I think that's a very relevant thing to bring up actually because almost everybody that we've been receiving messages from back home has been asking you know are you safe are you alright what's the trouble like and from what we've seen in these uh, two occasions in Saint-Etienne absolutely no trouble whatsoever make no mistake the French police are absolutely nails they are nails (laughs) did you see that one outside he looked a lot like Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus uh, they all look like Morpheus these gendarmes they're fucking massive yeah all of them massive and they're wearing like armadillo armor type coated armor yeah they're like mini tanks really aren't they absolutely so I mean you'd be foolish to try and fuck with them yeah but um but we see no trouble and everyone's having a happy time yeah. Alright, so we've now seen all of the teams play at least once and we've seen uh, a couple of teams, so the French group, Group A and Group B have played twice. We're halfway through the round of second matches. Who's impressed you so far? Uh, well, without a doubt, it's got to be Iceland. I mean, Iceland. Uh, in, in two parts, um, firstly, the guys on the pitch really, you know, they made their presence known. They didn't take any messing from uh, from Portugal. But secondly, the fans. Oh my God, some of the chants I've oh, heard yeah. in this year is tr- truly exceptional. And, uh, I'll t- <laughs> that's the exact Ooh. one I was thinking of. Yeah, um, yeah definitely a standout so far. And I really wish them well in the competition. Uh, who, who stood out for you, John? Well, I mean... I think I think it, we've got to talk about the Italy-Belgium game right now. Um, that was probably a case of a team that stood out beyond expectations. The Italians actually playing really quite nice football. I quite enjoyed watching that Italy side, which is something I never normally do. I don't look forward to watching Italy. Yeah. And on the flip side, I think Belgium underperformed, as John said earlier. Yeah, so for me, like the, the, the footballing performance so far has been Italy. They looked... We were actually going into this competition thinking that they didn't have much of a chance, that they might not even finish top in their group, that possibly they might not even get out of their group. Our, our Italian correspondent, Fabio, was quite down on Italy's chances, but they played as a team. They were clinical on the break. Uh, they scored two lovely goals. The Pella goal was a beautiful goal from a beautiful man. It was a lovely way to, to kill off the game. And they made Belgium look quite ordinary, I thought. Apart from that, um, I think it's been a tournament for the smaller teams, hasn't it? We've seen great performances from Iceland. We've seen Northern Ireland winning superbly yesterday against Ukraine. We've seen Hungary, who overcame the odds to beat uh, uh, Austria, uh, played some very nice stuff. So quite a few of the smaller teams uh, are actually putting up a bit of a fight. I I agree, and I think you're also seeing team unity being being the real um, determining factor. I mean, most interesting thing to, to know was the, the Icelandic guy we met in the in the queue oh, yeah. at our stadium. So we don't have 
star players. We have a team. And and actually, they gave the Guardian gave man of the match not to an individual player. They gave it to the Iceland team. I think that might partly be because they don't know any of the names of the players. <laughs> so we're now at, like we've seen all the the, the teams play. Yep. Before we started this competition, there was a lot of uh, oh god, why have they expanded it to 24 teams? What was wrong with 16 teams? How do you feel about it now? Now that we've seen so many of these other smaller countries, do you think this was a good decision by Platini? Absolutely. I think uh, going going back to the fans again, I think it's a great opportunity for some of the uh, so-called uh, smaller nations to actually take part in what is a fantastic competition. I think it's uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to throw up. It has already thrown up, and it's going to throw up uh, a few challenges to the established sides. And um, it's it's been great personally to see uh, a competitive England versus Wales match, which I'm happy to report that we won. But it actually creates something for for the next few years. I think it's going to be a classic rivalry now, and Wales will want to get yeah. something back on us. So my favourite moment so far is Joachim Love touching his own balls. He does what we refer to in the trade as pocket billiards. Such a lad. He re, but the, thing, the amazing thing about it is he re-aligns, he rearranges his balls, quite, sort of trying to do it surreptitiously, but then he takes his hand out and sniffs his fingers. Oh. It's, it's quite incredible. How many fingers? But two fingers. He, oh. he basically goes smell my fingers oh. to himself. And he's got in a bit of trouble with the German press for this because uh, this has gone viral as things happen these days. So uh, I think we're going to find a new scent hitting our shelves. Uh, okay, Odi Yogi. Odi. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, get back to you after the end of uh, the match. Let you know our thoughts on uh, Croatia, Czech Republic. Looking quite handy for the Croats at the moment. Czech Republic should, haven't had much, but they're going to have to come out now because they're looking like they're going to have two defeats from two games. So really, they need to push on and get something out of this game if they're to go through. So yeah. what do we reckon for the second half? Is it going to be more of the same or are we going to have Croatia sitting a bit deeper and trying to pick the Czech Republic off on the break? Personally, I can't see the way Czech Republic can get a goal. Uh, I have been kind of disappointed, like John was saying. If, as, if I was a Czech fan, I'd be not really that optimistic about a way for them to break through. They've got um, they've got a, a sort of a, a left winger who looks a bit like a, a shit version of Nacho Monreal, who loses the ball every single time it comes to him. But uh, and uh, they had a couple of promising moves down the right, but never really came to anything. I think their right winger might be their best attacking threat. But other than that, it's all about Petr Cech. They need to get him up the pitch. They need to get him playing libero and spraying the passes. What do you see happening in the second half, JB? No, absolutely. I mean, realistically, we're looking at 3-0, unless the managers uh, do the uh, school of hurry red nap and uh, yeah. chuck on four strikers. But we've been wrong many times before. We've seen some surprises. So let's see what the second half has in store. We just watched the Czech Republic-Croatia game. Yeah. Dramatic last 15 minutes. What did you guys make of it? Introduce yourself. Who are you guys? Uh, we're guys from Opava, from Czech Republic. Okay. Mm. What did you make of it? You excited? You happy? Yeah, yeah, we are. But did you the see circumstances that? were a little bit crazy. Did you think that was going to happen? Because it seemed to me that Croatia were looking quite good. They were looking quite no, strong. Nobody would say that we will take you one point you know yeah. 15 minutes before the end of the game nobody would say that you know yeah. so it's incredible two goals you know in the end and out of sudden you know yeah 
And the first one was a beauty. What a header. Yeah, nice header. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good guy. We didn't expect it as well. This yeah, ball, actually. Is it Milan Skoda? I don't Skoda, know anything about yeah. him. He's a good player? Oh, he's a quite young and he became good like two years ago. Okay, all right. Okay. He, he was the second uh, second best uh, scorer of the Czech uh, League. Okay. He's from Slavia Prague. He actually had a very good season. So, so okay. that's the reason why he's here, you know. So, you were, were you in the end with all the Czech fans? Were you yes, in the yeah, big yeah, end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was the atmosphere like? It oh. looked pretty good from... I was in the other stand. It oh. looked pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like, some of the guys were a little bit disappointed because of the game, but we started to do our best and yeah. try to support our team. So, what's going to happen in the next match for you? Can you qualify? For sure. We have to win. So <laughs> we need to win. We hope. Yeah. So you play Turkey next? Yeah. 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 And if you win, that's pretty much guaranteed qualification. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? We know so. how to beat them, so hopefully we will yeah. do our best to, to, to make it. Yeah. Excellent. We met them in a previous qualification for the Euro. Yeah, yeah. So we beat them, so we know how to play them. You're yeah. confident? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys staying out to watch any more games? No, no, no. That's it. Got to go home. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck, guys. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. So we've just come out of a very eventful end to the Croatia-Czech Republic game. Kind of mad scenes in the last 10 minutes. Uh, John, what was your take on, on this crazy stuff that we saw happening both in the stands, on the pitch, and everywhere, in fact? Wow, I mean, I think it was weird. It's hard to put your finger on where it all started. I think we've sort of been scratching our heads after the game. But one thing we definitely noticed was... At some point, about a hundred policemen built like tanks and armoured like tanks yeah. sort of came to, to line the front of, of the stand. We were essentially in the Croatia stand. It felt like the atmosphere changed, but not from any form of provocation, maybe out of caution, I don't know. But about five minutes after, you just saw uh, flares being lobbed onto the pitch. Very, very strange. And like one after the other after the other. Um, Croatia being 2-1 up, by the way. And playing quite well. Playing and really tidily. Not looking like they were going to lose this game at all. I mean, it came out of nowhere. The, the equaliser from the fabulously named Milan Skoda, yeah. who was a real Rolls-Royce of a player today. Oh, yes, he was, he was a treat. And the, and the uh, outside of the boot pass from Rosicki to set him up outside was... The and then a beautiful header into the, the corner. One of the goals of the tournament so far, I think. It's a classic um, Rosicki piece. He's gone under the radar for most of the game, then he's just popped up when it matters. And it's a lovely header in. But um, at this point, I still felt... We were on for a 3-1 or a 4-1. Yeah. They still looked um, in complete control, the, the, the yeah. Croats, even with the goal to pull it back to 2-1. And then their fans just went mental. I mean, we've, we've found out after the game that they were fighting amongst themselves, which is pretty hilarious. It is. Um, you, you come to uh, see a football match, your team is um, beating the opposition. It doesn't really seem like the best time to start a fight in the stands, um, attack um, the linesman. I think he had to run away from the flares. And, of course, there was the, the instant where the people that came to clear up the flares mistook one of the flares. What a job, by the way. Official <laughs> flare, flare collector. I mean, they were effectively the equivalent of the Hurt Locker, the guy in the Hurt Locker <laughs> who goes straight up to the bombs and defuses them. Well, that's what happened, because uh, one of the bangers were fire, firecrackers went off in the face 
of one of the collectors. Was messy scenes. Of course, the game had to go on 88 minutes. You're looking at it, 88 minutes, dominance from Croatia. What do you expect for the end of the game? A bit more dominance. Yeah. And then, of course... It's, it's an absolute shock to everyone in the stadium. Yeah. I didn't even see it myself. Yellow cord, hands in the air, the red section goes wild. Yeah. And it was, it was our man Vida, living La Vida Loca. Yeah, it, and Loca is the right word. He, yeah. Bonkers. I mean, he... You, you highlighted him at half-time as your sort of worst player in the first half, and he certainly proved that. <laughs> with a, a clinical intervention in the second half. Yeah, and you know, it wasn't even just the dickish ponytail. It was, it was the dickish manoeuvre. But yeah, I yeah. think what's really funny is we were all sort of at, at half-time thinking, well, this is ridiculous, just can't see where a goal will come from from the, the Czechs. Uh, such was the Croatian dominance. Yeah. Czechs get a goal back, as we've discussed, then this penalty, which was an absolute rocket to the mid-top of the goal. He absolutely hammered it, didn't yeah. it? Laces through that one. Yeah, and then you suddenly see the, the Czech fans going crazy, the Croatians having sort of spontaneously combusted. I think it's worth saying, though, in this moment, it, it wasn't a Croatia fan-wide problem, not at all. I know I highlighted the police as being a bit weird, but it could have been that they suspected something was coming. It was quite weird, though, wasn't it? I mean, we were sat 50 metres from where this was happening. We were kind of on the right-hand side of the stand in the Croatia end behind the goal, and this trouble all happened in the left-hand side behind the goal. So we were kind of the opposite end of the same stand. And all around us... Everyone was pretty happy. Everyone yeah. was chilled. They were enjoying the game. There was a really nice atmosphere. There was lots of excellent chanting. The Croat supporters are, are quite good supporters, they I would were say. Supporters. So the, it was it was a real surprise. This kind of came out of nothing. But it seemed to me that it might have uh, been antagonised a little bit by the arrival of all these cops. I mean, it's difficult for us to say what started first because we couldn't see it. Was it the violence that brought the cops out or was it the cops that brought the violence out? It's difficult for us to say. But the atmosphere definitely changed, didn't it? And this all happened yeah. about a minute or two before the flares started hitting the pitch. Mm. I wonder as well if we collectively are sort of a victim of the media coverage of all the violence because there have been big fights, particularly between the English and the Russians, yeah. or not necessarily between the two, them battle royale against whoever they can find. Um, so we've seen, I guess, reports of there being uh, pretty um, no-nonsense clampdowns from the, from the French forces, but... So, I don't know if it means, therefore, that people see the no-nonsense clampdown coming and they think, right, fuck this, let's throw some flares. Well, I'm going to be honest, John, it was very naughty of you to take 15 flares into the game today. Oh, and ha- smuggling them in in your underpants was extremely sneaky, but honestly, you shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Well, do you know what? I wanted them to, to stroke my balls on the way in. Um, <laughs> and stroke, they did. But they still didn't find these explosives. Yeah, because that was the weird thing. that Because we all saw it happening almost in slow-mo we saw there must have been about seven or eight red flares that hit the pitch and then these incredibly weird people coming on and like actually picking them up which felt like a very bad thing to do but then we saw one that was a different color it was like gray or or silver or sort of clear and i remember thinking to myself don't pick that one up that (laughs) one doesn't look like the other ones and sure enough that was the one that exploded right in this guy's face Hmm. That's absolutely right. And I think going back to the, uh, how do you get uh, a flare into the stadium, we had some pretty good security checks 
on the way and it delayed us by about mm. 10 minutes. And short of sexual assault, um, yeah. I think it was a pretty good... Yeah, so it was noticeable, wasn't it? We went a few days ago to the Portugal-Iceland game at the same venue. Um, excellent stadium, the Stade Godfroy Guichard. Great stadium, as we were talking about earlier. And we went actually in through the very same entrance, same gate, and we got in at the same kind of time, but we just walked through, basically. just like We were in within about five minutes. Now, tonight, going in with the Croatian fans, I don't know whether they were searching them more thoroughly, but... With uh, 10 minutes to go towards kickoff, there was an almighty queue outside, and we didn't think we were going to make it in. We only just about made it in. So maybe they were, maybe they were anticipating a bit of trouble. We know that Croatian team has got a, a track record of hooliganism. They've had various points, deductions, and warnings, and fines, and matches having to be played behind closed doors. Well, that's the thing. What does happen next? Because yeah. Russia have been threatened, but nothing's happened. Yeah. This was pretty severe, and someone could have been... Injured. Yeah, I mean, that, that guy picking up that flare, it, it basically exploded in his face. It could have been taking his eye out, I don't and know. actually one of the Croatia players as well. Yes, you, Perisic. Yeah. yeah, we've just seen it on the replay. He gets, uh, he gets affected by it. Yeah. And they were going nuts, weren't they? And with quite, quite good reason, because not only is it just a horrific thing to do on a human level, but in no way does it help the team... You're winning 2-1. And the easy thing to say is that the the actions of the Croatia fans have actually made the players lose concentration and could in some way be part of the reason that they drew a game that they dominated for for 75 minutes. That's true. I think as well, though, you you have to look at a lot of the chances that the Croatians have and think, Mandzukic, there yes. were a couple you could have buried there. They should have. They, the game should have been out of sight before them. Mandzukic had a couple of great chances. Rakitic, who created a lot, he also had a couple of weak finishes as well. Really, those boys should have been home and dry. Mm. It's an absolute travesty that they drew that. Modric's coming off after 50 or 60 minutes seemed uh, like saying, seemed we've obvious. basically won this game. We don't need our best players anymore. Let's rest up for I think it's turned out that he was uh, injured and he may even possibly be out of the rest of the tournament. So wow. they said on the, in, in the news reports he came off with a bit of a limp. We didn't really see that. He didn't seem didn't, It seemed like it might be a tactical substitution, but it would have been an odd one to, you know, with 20 minutes to go, winning 2-0, sort of coast into the rest of the game. And, and that's how it worked out. Okay, so that's uh, Croatia, Czech Republic. The other game this evening was Spain, Tonking, Turkey, 3-0. So does that mean that Spain are the new favourites for this? Are they the, they've got two wins out of two so far. Can we see much past Spain for the title? Well, I, I mean, we've been looking at the French media this evening and, and that, that's the discussion, really, isn't it? I personally hope they play like the Spain team we loved about four mm-hmm. to six years ago. Was it the second Morata goal where pretty much everyone on the team had a touch? And that they really are playing the tiki-taka. Turkey, from what we saw just now, didn't look anything special, so perhaps that's not mm. uh, an appropriate barometer. I see how they do against one of the bigger teams. I just can't wait to see what Belgium look like when they step up into the next gear. I think they're going to be... You know, they're obviously favourites for the competition. 
I think they've got the players. Yeah. Um, whether they've got the manager, that's another question. But so you can't write them off. Um, their next game is, is against Ireland, which is tomorrow. Yep. So by the time this goes up, we'll know the resu- result of that. Uh, are you expecting them to suddenly start playing like a team? Or is this a side that's flattering to deceive? Not necessarily playing like a team, but I expect them to get through uh, the next couple of games with, uh, with a bit more ease. Mm. And um, I, I'm hoping that we get to see the real Belgium, because not forgetting, they're actually underdogs. Yeah, yeah the classic classic side, lots and lots of skill, but actually they're underdogs against yeah. sides like Italy, Spain, Germany, all playing well. You want to see them beat them. Well, the interesting thing is that with Italy's win against Sweden today, it looks like Italy are probably going to get top spot in that group of death, Group E. And the runner-up in that group would play the runner-up in Group B, which is England's group. Mm. So if England finish second and Belgium finish second, that would be our second round opponent. I think if we play with five strikers, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what I would say is I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's, You're aroused? Uh, I'm, I'm very aroused. Excellent. <laughs> All right, guys, um, more from us later.